standard issue for all women. Hi, Hannah here. Welcome to another edition of Sunday Chop. Just FYI, I'm recording this on Friday afternoon. So if you can hear children screaming in the background, it's because I live next to a school and not for any other nefarious reason you might be thinking of. So no need to call the police. It's kind of fitting, though, because this week we spoke to actress, writer and activist Libby Liebird about her play Motherhood and about society's attitudes to single mothers and how that might have changed or sadly might not have. It was really interesting, so you're in for a treat here, but while I still have you briefly, there are loads and loads and loads of other interesting chats, Sunday chops, available for you to listen to should you wish to spend your Sunday that way and why the fuck not. You can hear us talking to the writer Rael, to our Sarah Millican, to the disabled activist Jim Turner, to Judy Murray, Claire Balding, comedian Caitlin Brodnick, comedian Taylor Glenn. That one's about Donald Trump. So, yeah, brace yourself. Um, so, yeah, there's loads of great stuff to listen to. And if you listen to this on Sunday morning and you're thinking, i got fuck all to do tonight, then you might be able to still get a ticket to our show at the Shaw Theatre, um, which has some terrific guests, which are <gasps> Hold the Phone men for the first time we're actually allowing some men on the stage with us we've got richard osman we've got sanjeev baskar tom allen and ellis james so that should be cracking until next week hi we're here in the studio with actress writer activist libby liebert hello 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 <laughs> and as we just discovered also used to be a boxer yes yeah. i did She's yes, a woman indeed. of many talents well, many, many talents. She's in today to talk to us about her play, Motherhood. Motherhood, yeah. Are you also, doing a deliberate Cockney accent? Or is that how it's spelled? That's Hannah? how it's spelled, okay. Motherhood. That is how it's spelled, Motherhood. M-U-V-V-A-hood. Yeah. And also about society's attitudes to single mothers in mm-hmm. general. Yes, indeed. So this is the second one of your play you're doing now, isn't it? Well, it's kind of, it's had um, a lot of incarnations along the way. It's developed slowly. So the first version I did of it was back in 2015 and it was a little 20 minutes. Um, so then it ran, I got it up from 20 minutes to 60 minutes. And it ran a couple of times as work in progress and then it did a full run last year. Yeah. And then this is the full run again for this year. So it was quite a long answer to... A short question. Yeah, it's the second is one. It, is yeah. it still a one-woman show? It's still a one-woman show. Yes, indeed. You use like technology and stuff though, right? I use all sorts of projections. I've got music. I've got the occasional hat. Do you have a clicker? No. Oh, mate. I wish I had one. Ambition, though. It's good to have ambition. Something to look forward to. I don't have a clicker. I have a technician, though. So, <laughs> you know, I use that. That's all right, isn't it? So tell us a little bit about what motherhood the play is about. So it has been described, I think it's quite a good description, as part stand-up, part TED Talk, part verbatim. So originally what I started off with was um, interviewing other single mums um, to put together what I thought was going to be just a verbatim kind of vagina monologue style piece, maybe a bit of talking heads type thing. And what happened was when I interviewed all these mums... If I backtrack a little bit, being a single mum's really isolating. You do feel like your experience is just you. That's it. And it's just what's happening to you. When I started interviewing all these other mums, I was like, mm, we're all talking about the same things. We're all going through the same things. These are difficulties for all of us, issues for all of us, problems for all of us. And I started to think, is there some way of connecting the dots? So at that point, 
I then started to do all the research into the government policy and all the, you know, really nasty things people have said about single mums over the years. And at that point, then the show kind of developed out from there. So it wasn't just verbatim. There's this big section of the show where it's like a TED talk where I'm going through all the policy and all the stuff that people have said about single mums over the years and how government has discriminated against single mums. And so that's how it has kind of come to pass. It's, it's autobiographical as well. So it's just it's just not a traditional piece of theatre. It's not like I can say there's this storyline running yeah. through it or anything like that. It's not a traditional piece of theatre at all. So your son yep. is 17. Yeah, coming up long, 17. How long were you... Have you been alone as a single parent? God, 10 years. 10 years. Have attitudes changed in that 10 years? Uh, My attitude's changed. (laughs) His attitude has changed. Um, I'd love to say they have. I'm not sure they have. I'm really not sure they have at all. I did a video for The Guardian in January. It was released at the start of this year. And I got trolled. To within an inch of my life, oh, so you a benefit for a benefit, just like everything, just taking everything that yeah, society can throw at you. Everything. Yeah, yeah. So all the old stereotypes came out through the trolling. So it, it, you know, it's quite ironic, isn't it, when you do a video about what is society's problem with single mums, and then you get trolled by people going, "Oh, I ain't got no problem with single mums. It's just you, rah rah rah," that kind of thing. So I don't think we have moved on necessarily. I think we're maybe starting. I think there's maybe. A, a, a little shift it's weird the mm. way that society looks at single mums so my mum was a single mum and mm. she was fucking awesome and I look at what my mum did now and, and clearly I didn't appreciate it at the time because I was a kid but bits of me got it like I would yeah. like hide apparently I used to hide letters in my school bag when they were asking for money and then go oh I forgot we were going on this trip I knew that we didn't have oh. money I know right I was oh. adorable who knows what happened um but she, where we lived in a place called Glossop, she had a really nice house that mm. she worked her ass off for. Mm. And next door was another single mum and she had three kids. Mm. And I remember we were kicking the ball around outside or playing cricket or something. We were all messing about in the summer holidays. And one guy came out and he yelled at us because we'd, we'd hit a ball on his garden, not even on his fucking car, but on his mm. garden. He came out and he went, it's becoming like Attersley round here. And it was at the time when it wasn't that long after the Moors murders, when Hatsley was a no-go area. Yeah. And we just kind of were a bit scared of Phil and his big car and that we weren't supposed to touch it. And I yeah. went to my mum and I went, oh, he just said this. And my mum came out, fucking hands on hips. And she went, how dare you? Yeah. I pay my mortgage and I do it on my own. And that really, oh. yeah. And it was like, I am single mum, hear me roar. Yeah, it's like Braveheart. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, she mm. was like, you may take my daughter's ball, <laughs> but you'll never have my... I don't know what I've got. I mean, the I government put me over. Oh, yeah, yeah. Apologies to anyone Scottish listening. I'm so sorry. It was a good attempt. Thanks, mate. Um, but yeah, she was properly... And there were very few times that I've seen my mum roar. Mm. But she was so horrified that he would just like... Basically, he just went, well, you're possibly murderous and just like compounded those yeah. two things. Well, I mean, it's an easy mistake to make. It is an it? easy you know, mistake the, the parallels to make. are clear. And let's not mention the Hit 12 ball men. in someone's garden. <laughs> Kill <laughs> some people. My mum has killed at least no people in yeah. her life. I, I think quite a lot of the issue with, mm. with single um, motherhood mm. and the sort of demonisation that happened, and it sort of really started to happen, I would say, during the Blair Oh no, uh, administration. Mm. Uh, uh, to, 
I think because it wasn't by the Labour government, it was mm. by the Daily Mail. But I think the issue was there was a spike in teenage pregnancy. Mm. And the two issues became completely conflated. The idea that, mm. you know, a lot of 16-year-old girls were getting pregnant. It, that's one issue to deal with. And then there's this other issue of how are we going to, how are we going to help women that husbands have walked out on them or mm. died or whatever it is that ends up with people in this situation or they've just got divorced. Mm. Um, so I think, is that, is, I think that's something perhaps that has slightly changed. I think people now, well, I say people. <laughs> I don't know. You still I read the Daily yeah, Mail. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, there's a statistic that only 2% of single mothers are teenagers and everyone yeah. is always mm. like, what, what? I didn't know that. Wow, really? 2%. You well, know, so it's maybe tiny, tiny, minuscule statistic. And when I say that to people, people are still astounded by that stat. People still think that the majority of single mums are That's teenagers. Helicopter. I, I would say like mm. it was definitely Thatcher because mm. I grew up... My mum voted Thatcher and I remember when I got savvy enough going to my mum... Why are you voting for someone who hates yeah. you? And I think that's when the foundations were set to blame mm. a lot of stuff oh, oh, on single mothers. Yes. Uh, absolutely. I grew up in Essex and I believe my part of Essex was had like a particularly high rate of teenage pregnancy to the extent that they started teaching us this like special new program of sex education because it was like such a Oh, big well similarly problem. I grew up just outside of Milton mm. Keynes and Milton Keynes at one point had the highest level of yeah. teenage pregnancy and it was all our neighbours talked about, you know, a yeah, bitch yeah, and yeah. a moaning yeah. like, yeah. the amount of kids pushing prams. Do you both know how to put a condom on a cucumber? No, they didn't do that in my special yeah. uh what you oh, we had very useful. We had peer led sex oh. education where you, where where the uh six formers at the school taught because they were kind of like, well... well you put a, a condom on a sixth formers cot? No, no, they'd like <laughs> sit with you <laughs> and go... It was all about empowering you to say no, basically, uh, and not to be... Oh, my not God, to we need to bring to that back. Peer Fuck pressure. peer-led and underage so pregnancy. So like, it was like, they'd say to you... Education. So it's just about saying no. Yeah. So basically they'd it's say to consent. you, like, right, do you want to come upstairs and listen to some tapes? Because no. this was the 90s. no. And and you'd go, no, no, I don't want to listen to some tapes with you, weird six-form chap. And then you'd go, if you loved me, you'd come upstairs and listen to some tapes with me. <laughs> and then you'd say, no. if you love me, you wouldn't really want me to listen to tapes with you. And this is you'd brilliant. Love me that after every one yeah. of Jen's sentences, there's an invisible asterisk that doesn't quite work on a podcast that says, listen to tape equals suck my cock. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Mum. Part of what you're saying is right, because I think there is a really... Strong feeling, yeah, Hannah, what you're saying. I think because there is a really strong feeling in certain parts of society that... Oh, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying I think it exists. That the Blair administration effectively... And this this kind of shit Americans, right-wing Americans say all the time Mm -hmm. about Obama. They encouraged people to become dependent on benefits to create yeah. like a pool of voters for themselves basically mm. like they encourage people yeah. they encourage this kind of like I'm in the inverted commas here yeah. underclass if you will of of like benefit dependency to create a pool of voters for themselves so they could never go out of power and that is like quite a common criticism that's leveled at yeah. new yeah. labor and one again that people talk about a lot about obama clearly it's horseshit yeah but I think that that's sort of partially yeah. what you're getting at. 
and, it, and I'm sure yeah. Libby can tell us it's not true. Well, what's the financial well, situation well, now for um, anyone in, in... Uh, the financial situation yeah. now for single? I mean, it's just it's just dire. It's going to get worse mm. and worse and worse. Single mums are always high on the hit list. It's interesting what you're saying about the underclass and American right wing because. A lot of my research led to, so I did like a year's worth of research on this topic, and it led back to a guy called Charles Murray, who people don't yeah. seem to. Have I missed. know you about do this fabulous, prick, yeah, yeah. the American okay. guy. Yeah, so Charles Murray yeah. is an American right-wing sociologist. Yeah, we studied him, and he was he paid was it, in yeah. 1989. The Sunday Times paid him to come to Britain. Yeah, and the and underclass he find the underclass, the term, find yeah. the underclass, yeah. and he actually said that the underclass was a very specific type of single mother and he said that single mother posed such a severe threat to civilised society that the only way to deal with them was to impose really severe financial penalties so he said that in 89 so that was something that he'd put out there immediately that the best way of dealing with these particular single mothers that caused such a terrible threat to society was to financially disempower them and that's run through policy ever since so you know yeah we can talk about thatcher and blair and so on and so forth but when we talk about the financial disempowerment of single mums it has come from mm. him saying those kind of things other people picking up on it there was a documentary released i think it was 93 by panorama called babies on benefits and that was the first time that it went into sort of mainstream consciousness this idea that girls might be getting pregnant to get council flats and because it was you know panorama at the time was the word of god and because it had been put out there at Mm. a time straight after what charles murray had said and everyone was in a panic about these terrible single mums running around destroying society it just went into public consciousness and slipped in really easily and has been maintained ever since and is continually maintained and you've probably heard the quote margaret thatcher said that um the children of single mums should be put in the hands of a religious organization you know those kind of things so when it comes from the top down then it makes it all right for the media to say those things and then it makes it all right for other people just you know joe public on the street to say those things and to perpetuate that nonsense because if people at the top are saying that nonsense well it's like yeah. chat now about immigrants for example it's, yeah. it's in, it is effectively just inciting hate isn't it yeah like it's, it's also demonstrably yeah. not not true now no. i'm mm. trying to think of an example of someone off the top of my head and the only person i can think which is slightly obscure but mm. there's a a guy who plays for the American wheelchair rugby team. When he's you say called, slightly obscure. Yeah, he's called. And it's only that it's a story I read recently. Yeah. He's called uh, Trayvon Jennifer, and he was born with no legs at all mm-hmm. to a single mother who was seventeen. And oh, he is I an incredible story, human yes, being because yeah. she wouldn't say she wouldn't take no for an answer. Yeah, yeah. And to, for a seventeen-year-old to be that composed, yeah. and that sort of set, and get that done just puts the idea that uh, as all single mothers can't do it and certainly young single mothers can't do it. It puts that idea to absolute shame. Yeah, yeah. Because there are plenty of people who go on to live incredibly rewarding lives. Mickey, who were raised by our parents. <laughs> I love and you, yeah. Yeah. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. I still sometimes drink out of the toilet, but apart from that, it's all going well. Isn't there a statistic like something like 40% of fathers have no contact with their children? 
Really? I made that up. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know about. Um, I'm. I'm not 100 percent sure about that one, but I know that the majority of single parents don't get maintenance payments. Oh, Maybe it's say, that. Maybe this it's is, come this off is of amazing. That. My mum, uh, when my mum and dad divorced, so I'm 40, and my dad left when I was five, and they got divorced when I was like six or seven, mm. and because my dad didn't contest custody, mm. I didn't actually have any sort of relationship with my dad from being seven until I was 29 was the next time I saw him mm-hmm. um, and there were various reasons for that but my mum was awarded by a judge maintenance from my dad mm. like yearly maintenance yeah. and that judge awarded five pence a year maintenance oh balling living the mom, dream my mum had pence a year my mum had to, to pay for that? the court costs yeah because she wanted me and because my dad didn't and this isn't a boo-hoo thing but i'm, no, I'm it's pretty just, sure it's he owes me 50p yeah. um or my mum 50p but yeah. it's just like yeah that was that that yeah. was seen as okay and it's you're just like you're all going seen as what? okay now the flat rate of child maintenance now is seven pound a week Oh what God. are you yeah. supposed to do with that? It's the standard flat rate, seven pound a week. It's not so they've even got different to get the tiers. Bus to school, is no. it? Like... Just allow them on the internet <laughs> to see what they could have if they had more money. I know. That's what got... They have different tiers, so you could potentially get more. But that's the flat rate. That's the starting amount, seven pound a week. And then if you get if like if you as a single parent want to get child maintenance off the they call it the non-resident parent. If you want to get maintenance off them and and they won't pay up or whatever reason you can go through the child maintenance service, but the child maintenance service takes commissions. So they will take commission directly out of that £7. You shitting me like a no claim, no claim, no win, no fee lawyer. Yeah, if I get you your PPI. Yeah. Jesus. So you pay 20 quid up front to access their collect and pay service. So this is if you can't get maintenance off your ex. So if you can't get maintenance off the non-resident parent already, if you know they're like dodging the payments or that you're finding it hard to get money off them already then surely you should be supported to reclaim that yeah. not financially penalized because be they were paying pay. someone 20 quid to go around and nick yeah you would you would so you pay them 20 Please quid yeah. <laughs> you pay them 20 quid they can't guarantee they get you any maintenance but if they do they take four percent directly out of the kids' maintenance. And all, but also the way modern relationships work, and the fact that when modern relationships break down, the majority is and it is absolutely this is a generalisation, mm. but it's true. The majority means that the children end up with the mother. Yeah, that's, but if you've that's got a like fact. a modern relationship, there might be two different dads, maybe more that yeah. you're trying to, ch- yeah. and like you're trying to bring yeah. your kids up. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Like the vast majority of single parents and mums, it's it's sat about 90% single mums as opposed to 10% single dads. That's sat at that rate for, for years. It hasn't really changed despite lots and lots of changes in society in general. It just tends to sit And of course 90%. they're out there, so we're, we're not yeah. like ignoring yeah. that, and it's as difficult that way round. Yeah, totally. But, the fact is, it still, as with all care, mostly lands with on the women. The well, actually, I have some experience women. of this. Yeah, I can say I don't think it's the same mm. because my brother is a single dad. He has mm. been a single dad for a year. And although he faces, I mean, I'm not sure how much he'd appreciate me talking about his life, um, particularly about his work situation. But although he faces a lot of the difficulties, mm. exa- a lot of exactly the same difficulties that a single mother would face, as in, He's exhausted, yeah. as in he's got, oh, he's yeah. got a fit working, as in yeah. it's a massive financial strain on him and 
you know, you, you quite often get bogged down in the joyless tasks of you've got to do your homework and yeah. you get very little time for the joyful tasks like, hey, let's go to the cinema. All of that said, there is a way that he is perceived amongst other people mm. that I think is, I would say, to some degree between yeah, he's a good bloke too, he's a full-on hero. Yeah, that yeah, I yeah. don't think happens when yeah. you look at single mothers. No. I just think that there's mm. something... And I was genuinely surprised mm. by how well he's coped because you look at partly thinking how well you would cope, but also how well I know him. You know, mm. he's a way better cook than perhaps I ever gave him credit for. There's lots of things like that that yeah, yeah, yeah. he has surprised me in. Yeah, But he, he gets a lot of help, and that's either time help mm. or it's emotional support help Yeah, that I don't think any of the single mothers that I know yeah. get. Yeah, because it's just expected of them There's that just they will be able to carry on. Very different perception, isn't there? And I've spoken to single dads, and they say, "Oh, everyone always says we're brave," and they find that insulting mm. too. Being called yeah. brave for bringing up their kids, or sexy, you know, which is weird, can right? Imagine, can you imagine? But they don't like single dads. Do not have to put up with opening the paper and there's a headline yeah. saying single mum on benefit or real life Vicky Pollard did this or what you know nobody I'm sure well I don't know I'm not a, a, a single dad but I'm pretty sure no single dad has been asked if they wear a tracksuit and shop at Lidl you know or if they're just 24-7 on benefits or this kind of thing so I, think I can't get enough a... of benefits I fucking love it. <laughs> there is this like kind of quite different perception that is and it is just levied at single mums there is a very specific stereotype that is levied directly at single mums and not single dads you don't see the same. would you mind telling us a little yeah. bit about your personal story um I, I guess so yeah so I was married um and well done i believe that's the dream thank you thank you <laughs> living the dream um i was married um and so i had an experience of being in a married couple and raising a child and then the marriage ended and then at the point of my marriage ending as well i went through an eviction process of the property that i was living in that this is all in my show all in my show come see my show mm. um and in during that eviction process that was the first time that i really sort of saw oh this being a single mother lark might actually be a problem people don't like it because the judge I I was illegally evicted it was an illegal eviction order but the judge upheld it on the basis that I was a single mum and I'd get a council house which I was like no I swear you're not allowed to do that I swear the law's the law you can't just say oh no I'll overlook that because you're a single mum you'll get put in a council house and it was all very contempt filled very prejudice filled so at that point I was like "Mm, this is not good I'm not being viewed in a very good way and it was almost overnight from me one minute I was in this you know, acceptable family union. This is only 10 years ago. Though, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So one minute in a, an acceptable traditional family unit and the next minute suddenly this like wanton harlot chucked out on the street told, oh, you'll get housed by the council who obviously couldn't help me at all because there's no social housing no, available. No, yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, a lot of my journey was getting to grips with being a single mother and now I I do call myself a single mother. Other people say solo parent, independent parent, etc., and use different terminologies for that. But why I'll do you think of, the terminology's changed? Is that to try and make it more acceptable? I think people 
the the terminology single mother is always used it's the term that the media use offensively mm, yes yeah. it's a derogatory term so if you see that repeatedly a lot of single mums I know say no I won't use the name single mother I'll say mm. lone mother or independent mother or independent parent or so on and so forth but for me it was a really important part of my process to kind of reclaim this label that had been attached to me and publicly say I am a single mother and then bizarrely, when I did the Guardian video and publicly said, I am a single mother, what is society's problem with single mothers? Then I got trolled. But luckily, by that by that time, I was ready to kind of take it. But it's kind of bonkers as well, because what do these people want you to do? Do they want yeah, you to get married to, to someone or do they want you to give your kid up? Do they I want me to lay down and die, yeah. you know, and well, no, say, oh, you, you know. Know. I think someone's they, finally they, said it. Well, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> I think what they want you to do is... is persist in your relationship regardless of whatever else happens. The the phrase staying together for the kids is my most hated relationship because, sorry, my most hated Mm. phrase because kids are like little radars. They know. Mm. And also, why should the adults be happy? Like, you know, kids are great. Mm. I don't have any, but I I do believe that they deserve a decent life. Yeah. You know, like like rats or squirrels. And you don't always have... (laughs) Like a squirrel. You don't always (laughs) have that option. If your partner's gone... Like and you, like you don't know where they are, or they they've gone yeah, off somewhere, or like you've you been go, a victim of domestic. Sorry, abuse. can you come back just so, so society approves? Yeah, this? exactly. Yeah. Or say your partner's died. You know, yeah. widowed parents still get their shit. Still yeah. a single mum. Still get the yeah. shit, isn't it? Because I'd never really thought about it before. But the term single mother, like, why does it even exist? Like, mm. why? Because. You're a mother, like they, like yeah, I know, why, but why there weren't the for a long time. There weren't single fathers because all, it all unless the mum had died, custody genuinely, generally went went to, to the, the mum. Yeah, yeah. And if the dad wanted it, they had to contest it, which is why you've got the M- the MRAs and people going, "I really want to have my." No, kid. and I and know a couple that. of guys but, but who, absolutely, yeah. you know, not all men. Hashtag whatever, but. That was just the way things happened. Mm. And mainly most, I'd say like 90% of the guys were fine with that. My dad was definitely like not keen to, he was just like, no, I'm not going to contest it. But then the label single mum came up and it was just almost a way to, these women needed help. And women putting their hand up to need help was was frowned upon, even though they were supposed to be bringing up another family. Mm. Skewed against the woman. Like, yeah. Clearly, when you're talking about it now, a lot of this is looks like it is a punishment mm. of women who have not held their shit together. Yeah, five p a year, five p a year. and that no one made him pay it. Yeah. Because, oh, because he did. And Charles Murray saying women should be subject to severe financial penalty. I mean, that man was a prick. Malarkey. And yeah. that was after, yeah. like, so, yeah, that was way after, like, my mum and dad split up. And yeah. it still yeah. was being kind of that propaganda that mm. women on their own bringing mm. a family up without a man is a bad thing. Yeah. Because women can't have a society on their own. It's just that whole... But it also doesn't take into account that if you, oh, if you punish a woman, mm. um, you're also you're punishing, punishing her child. child. Punishing yeah. I mean, it's completely ridiculous. Exactly. I, ha- I have a question, which, yeah. feel free to not know the answer to this, but... I, I think is it maths? <laughs> we I can do a bit of maths. I think there is a new kind of there is a new kind of let's call it single mother yeah. emerging. Mm. 
as we like go into the 21st century, mm. which is women that have actively chosen to have a child yeah. alone because yeah, yeah, of the way yeah. that. And I have don't have any children, and it's not because I didn't want to have children. Mm. It's basically because I didn't want to have a husband. Okay. And people repeatedly said to me, the older I got, the closer I got to 40, people yeah. kept saying to me, you know you can do it by yourself. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I know people can do it by themselves. Yeah. What I'm telling you is I can't do it by myself. Yeah. I haven't got enough love, patience, money, whatever it requires. I know. Yeah. I don't want to fuck up a child because <laughs> I need my own space. And you don't get your own space when you're bringing up a child no, by you yourself. Don't. No, you do you think that... Hmm. We are maybe getting to a point where perhaps there will be a turning point with single mothers. Perhaps women will be able to say, you know what, fuck off. I'm raising this kid by myself. Jog on society. It's They've my choice. They've been saying that for years, though. Oh, yeah. Just heard. Well, yeah, okay. I don't well, you know, know. I know what you mean. I feel like the fight back's coming. I feel like when I, I started doing what I was doing, people were really surprised. They were like, oh, I was a single mother on stage. My God, we've never seen that before. And I thought, yeah, who's looking after the kid? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. But it, it it had it wasn't something that was obviously seen. You know, we would have the same old kind of um, film roles, TV roles, theatre roles written about single mums, but not written by a single mums. You know, written by blokes or, or whatever we want to say. So it was quite revolutionary. Me making a show about being a single mum and being a single mum on stage, which surprised me that it was a bit revolutionary. And then other people started coming forward and, and saying their stories and telling their stories. And then the more people started coming forward and say, I do feel like there's a we are in a time that is ripe for change, if I can say that. Yeah. Ripe for change. And I do feel like if we are fighting back, if we are pushing forward... And we are making these agendas heard. We are making these things known. Like me saying about the child maintenance service, no one knows that. You guys didn't know no. it, you know? Nobody knows that. If we start talking about these issues publicly and saying this is what's going on for women, maybe the tide will start to turn. I mean, if you ask somebody to name a famous single mum, I mean, who do you think of apart from me? Apart from me? Sandra Bullock? Sandra Bullock, yeah, that's yeah, a good she's one. She's on her own, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, yeah. Anyone I mean, else? And she chose to adopt. She chose, she chose yeah. But, I mean, she's clearly minted. I'm she's making got the a whole heap of money. Sign language for bunts, guys. <laughs> loads of money, loads of money. But can you think of anybody else? I thought of Lily Allen. Liliana, she's on her own. Again, I thought she's married. She was married. I mean. No, oh well, you none of you have proved my point because okay. uh, sorry you've spoiled that. But anyway, sorry. usually people say J.K. Rowling because oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You oh, see yeah. now you would have said that. Maybe I should have briefed you beforehand. <laughs> but um, we gave you twenty minutes. Before. Yeah, I know you did. But because she's kind of got that story of I was a struggling single yeah. mum. I had nothing. I, I wrote Harry Potter in a yeah in a coffee shop on the back of a fag packet. That kind of thing. And so people always cite her as an example yeah. of a single mum who was in a terrible situation and worked her way out of yeah. it. Which you know she's a great example I've got a lot of respect for her but we also have to take into account there are a lot of women that cannot work their way mm. out of it because it's so harsh at the moment we've got the rollout of universal credit we've got the benefit oh, cap that ruins single mums and so on so whilst the, there is a, a change and, and to answer your question I think there is a tide that's turning but 
for single mums that are not necessarily in an affluent position or a slightly in a more difficult position yeah. or rely on any kind of tax credit or support. Oh, yeah, because those women who are, ch- like I say, who are choosing to adopt, or that is largely middle class women yeah. you're talking about yeah. in that sense. Yeah. yeah, We do hear a lot of stuff about universal credit, mm. about the Tories and all of that mm. stuff. Have you seen like, a marked difference in benefits entitlements and things like how how much harder is it getting like tangibly you know in terms of like what you see horrific like with the uh, the welfare reform act 2012 Mm. and the austerity program coming in they had people high on that agenda disabled people people with disabilities people with additional needs single mums were high on the agenda so just like income support changes were massive so originally income support's like a benefit that you can get that tops up your income and it doesn't require you to be an active job seeker. Those, those, that was the kind of wording. And back in the day, you could get that up until your child uh, turned 12 or even, I, I believe it first was up until was your child 16, was 16. Yeah, yeah when I was little. 16, yeah, was 16 and then dropped down to 12 and then dropped down further and then dropped down further. Um, was it in now, like born? So, Had <laughs> your child been born? So no, 2012, no. they dropped it to five. Fucking oh hell. God. Yeah, so... so my dad left when I was five, so my mum would have been yeah. entitled to fuck all. And it, it's dropped further. It, you know, it's it. it's constantly... They're bringing it down, bringing it down, bringing it down. So basically, um, single parents are expected to be active job seekers when their children are very, very young, but with no childcare support, no support yeah. for flexible working. So it's actually impossible to go out and work if you can't get childcare and you can't find a job that fits within. If you do get childcare, you've got to find a job that fits within childcare. This is what I say. This is impossible. It's an impossible scenario. That, um, this is why I say the Tories are cunts. <laughs> no, this is why I say. If you are a woman and you hmm. vote for the Conservative Party, you are actively damaging the lives of women. Hmm. My mum saying to me, when, when I found out that like when the whole time I was little and I was growing up and my mum was a single mum, and like my mum took in, and it, it sounds really daft, but I'm so proud of it, but she, she took in ironing from the neighbours. She cleaned our neighbours' houses, mm. which is so humble yeah. to do that. But she was like, I am going to keep this fucking house. She worked in a bar. She cleaned our neighbours' houses. Mm. My mum is a grafter and she's amazing and she brought me up on her own and she's fucking incredible. She annoys the shit out of me, but I love her. But when she said to me that she voted for Thatcher, I was like, but she literally hated you. Yeah. She hated. Yeah. And my mum now votes Labour and like we've chatted about stuff. And what convinced my mum to vote Labour was like, well, they're going to kill the foxes. I was like, well done, mum, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> welcome. But... I think because of the stigma of single parent families mm. was so prevalent across all of the media. Mm. My mum, who was a single People parent family, into bought it. into it. You know, People buy really, into it. They just actually, buy into it. It's it's really interesting that like the Conservative Party appeal to women more mm. than men a lot of the time mm. because family values, mm. blah 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 yeah, blah blah. Yeah. So they yeah. do like statistically yeah. up until Thatcher more women voted for the Conservatives than any other party. And actually started to decline after Thatcher. 52% of white women voted for Trump. But I think it's something to do with... I mean, people basically do do have a a lack of ability to 
not just empathise with other people's situations, but to actually differentiate mm. between that situation and that situation. Mm. And say your husband's got a very good job and you're at home with the kids and he works all the hours God says. Yeah. And you sit and you look and you think, oh, really, is that single mum's life any different to mine? I mm. do most of the childcare. Mm-hmm. I do most of the, mm-hmm. the housework. I do all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But what they're forgetting is that their husband is coming home at, really, at some point. At some and with point, single parents, with there's no money, one coming. Hopefully. There is nobody coming with either money no. or with babysitting exactly. or with... You have a lion. I'll get off you go to Whole Foods and have yeah. a lovely time. There's no one coming. Exactly. And I think they, that, that's the problem. They fail to see that. I think they think, oh, well, that's not that different to my life. Yeah. My, my mum and I had a little sister. <laughs> Libby, I wonder if this is uh, similar to you. So my mum and I had a little sister from when I was little. Mm. It was just me and my mum from when I was five. My dad left. I didn't really see him. I saw him until I was seven, and then I didn't see him again until I was 29. Mm. Um, but yeah, we had a little sister, and she would come home. I was a latchkey kid from when I was about nine, which obviously would not be done now, but mm-hmm. was absolutely fine at the time. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, fine, in inverted commas. And my mum would get in, and I'd go to a one glug or two, and she'd go, it's been a two glug day, because my mum worked all the hours and then some, and she was she was a sales rep, and she covered the area from below Birmingham to the top of Scotland. It's a big old area. And one glug or two meant, I'm going to make you a coffee. How many shots of Tia Maria do I put in this? And I was like, we just became like this little thing that it was something I could do for my my mum. And like look after her. And I kind of feel as if I looked after my mum from when I was five. Mm. Like clearly she was the one in the looking after, Mm. making sure there was food on the table and, you know, money to pay the lucky and the gas and everything. Mm. But I provided the care mm. I don't I don't think that's changed mm. I bet your boy was like more sensitive to stuff than yeah I think I think he he's he's a sensitive boy anyway I'm really lucky with him he's like an angel he's like literally like I wonder how I managed that is he that, your only little one? yeah he's yeah. my only boy um, and he is phenomenal but he's we kind of have this joke, I'm always so busy. This is the thing that drives me insane when people say single mums don't work, they scrounge, they lay around on benefits. I mean, Jesus Christ, I haven't had a day off, like, literally since he was born. Um, And he's nearly 17. So one of the things that we have a little joke in our house, when he knows I'm, like, proper, proper at capacity, I'm so busy I can barely think straight, he knows he's got to look busy too. (laughs) Because if he doesn't look busy, I can't cope. If he's laying around on the sofa, you know, having a biscuit and a snack and watching (laughs) Netflix, I just can't cope with it. So he does this, like, looking busy routine to help me. me. And I can tell sometimes he's literally just doing it to make me feel better because he knows I'm in that zone of just oh this is too much I can't cope and so he'll do looking busy acting and he's very good at that very good at that and he is really supportive he's really fabulous he made all the projections in my show did all that kind of thing and was very hands-on with this goes in the show this doesn't so when you're doing quite an autobiographical show and I'm you know talking about certain circumstances I was like what can go in what can't so me and him always chat about what I can say what I can't say what goes in what doesn't go in I probably need to speak to my mum mum I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) it's all right you're of age um (laughs) 
And he's kind of like made all the projections. And at first he was in the audience all the time for the show. And there was a bit when I'd talk to him in the audience um, and he'd be sitting there and I'd have a little little chat with him from the stage. And now he's like, well, do you know what? I've got to go to a party on Saturday night. I can't be at the show. What do I do? So we've had to like rewrite that section so that he's not in it because as he's grown and he's got a social life, Mm, he doesn't want to be sat every night watching the show again and again. Like he knows what's going to happen. So there's no surprises in it. But he's been he's fabulous. It's absolutely fabulous. He's amazing. What okay. advice would you give to single mum? What advice would I give? Yeah. Keep like on trucking. Just... just keep going. Keep moving forward. One foot in front of the other. Keep going. Everything will change. You will keep you'll have really horrendous moments. That's fine. You'll have fabulous moments. That's fine too. Just keep moving forward. Keep going. Everything changes. You won't be stuck in the same place for long. That's Excellent. my advice. So yeah. How can people come and see your show? So the best way to contact me is to follow me on Twitter. I'm at Libby Liebird. So I'll spell that. L-I-B-B-Y-L-I-B-U-R-D. Hashtag motherhood, which is M-U-V-V-A-H-O-O-D. I can't have to think about that. M-U-V... Jesus, you've put me off now. M-U-V-V-A-H-O-O-D. Thank you, right. I've got there in the end. And um, if you Twitter me, all the dates are on there. But I have a show coming up in Walthamstow, E17 Massive, on the Twitter. And it will be an E17 party. So get yourself down there. That's 23rd of November, 8pm. And then we've got the Pleasance, 30th of November and the 1st of December. And then that's it for this year, and it'll be back again next year. Brilliant. Oh, thank you so much for joining us. Yay. I mean, like, massive topics close to my own heart, but just really interesting and eye-opening. Thank so, you. Yeah, thanks so much for coming in. Thank Hi. you so much thank for you. having me. Thank you. Anytime. I sort of want you to adopt me. <laughs> <laughs> Standard issue for all women.